0: Maybe.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined via Zoom this evening uh, by my good friend and self-proclaimed golf sicko, Mr. Jonathan Teal. JT, how are we doing on this lovely Mother's Day Sunday evening, my friend?
0: Well, happy Mother's Day to all of the ladies uh, in our lives. Uh, what a great day to celebrate. The, uh, the The females out there had a great day. Uh, with my mom, my mother-in-law, and my lovely wife, and uh, got a lot of the uh, family stuff kind of uh, in the books so that in the afternoon could absolutely immerse myself in all the golf that was going on. And uh, man, what a week uh, down at Seminole with the Walker Cup. I know we're about to dive in deep, deep, deep into that prestigious amateur event. But before we do, we have to uh, give a little dab to the folks that uh, support us. So, Keith, take it away, buddy.
1: Absolutely, my friend. Of course, we are talking about Oklahoma's premier luxury sports bar, and, of course, that is Chalk Sports Bar, located at 1324 West Memorial Road. You can follow Ben Chad and the entire Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com. Or follow them on Twitter and Instagram, at ChalkOKC. And remember, from the sister pods, in the midst of our best seat in the house giveaway for the uh, UA, uh, UEFA Champions League final on Saturday, May 29th. Go in, uh, let your server know that you are a friend of the pod, friend of the Sports Pros Network. They'll take your info, put you in for a drawing for a table for four, and a gift card for 200 bucks to uh, apply towards your tab as we watch a little footy there uh, on Memorial Day weekend, Saturday afternoon, May 29th. Always the favorite. That is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar.
0: Now I will say the boys at Chalk missed us a little bit today because uh, Ben called me. Uh, you know we're, we're in the middle of watching golf uh, on, a, on a different matter, and I was like, "Hey man, you know you got got the Walker Cup on there at Chalk." He's like, "What's the Walker Cup?" It's like, you know, I was like, "Okay, the real golf sick." He said, "I have the Wells Fargo on." I said, "No, the real golf sickos are going to be watching." the Walker cop. So he was scrambling to try to find, uh, he's, got, he's, <laughs> what got, he's what got to consult with you first,
1: right? As to, as to, as to yeah, what's going to be on TV on any given weekend. The,
0: yeah. I missed the Thursday morning <laughs> meeting clearly uh, to uh, designate what was supposed to be on the TVs at chalk. So that's my fault, you know, busy week, but uh, he fired it up, sent me a picture to make sure I knew that they were dialed in to all, uh, all of the golf. So I love the folks at chalk. Ben does a great job. And they've uh, they've had a busy uh, last few weeks with all the sports that've been yeah. going on. So excited to get back out there to watch some golf coming up in a couple of weeks at the PGA.
1: That's right, that's right. We will be out there. Uh, we'll, more information to come on that. Obviously, we'll be doing another live remote at some point uh, at Chalk, whether that be midweek uh, before. Uh, the tournament kicks off or or maybe on a Saturday or something. We're going to figure it all out. Uh, not sure how the schedules are going to align just yet, uh, but we will let you know when we're going to be there, uh, obviously after we coordinate with Ben and his team and uh, get us all set up there uh, per the usual, right? So we we'll do a golfer giveaway uh, as we always do as well. We'll give away some good golf swag uh, during that week and uh, pick a golfer out. Your golfer wins the PGA Championship. You'll go home with some cool prizes as well. So let's talk Walker Cup, my friend. So the U.S., they don't just retain the cup. I mean, they get to retain the cup, but they win it outright, J.T.L., 14-12. to Um, The the scoring system matters to us, right? So the U.S. would have only needed to score 13 points out of a possible 26 to retain the cup, but they win this thing outright. But, man, I'll, I'll tell you what you got to give the GB and I team some credit here, Till, because on paper it looked like it was going to be an ass-kicking. It was going to be kind of a absolutely. runaway, and it was not. It, it was a little tight this afternoon, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was absolutely very competitive um, coming into the afternoon, coming into the uh, the day. I believe it was, uh, what, a 7-5? to five? Am I having that right? No, that can't be right. Uh, I'm not sure what the score is, was coming into the day. Uh, I think they were separated by two points. Uh, coming in today's matches. I think Uh, that was before the foursomes this morning, yeah. Right, okay. As you'll recall um, from our pod uh, from last week, Walker Cup, two mornings of what they call foursomes. We would call it alternate shot over here across the pond. And then um, singles matches, uh, individual versus individual in the afternoon on both days. And so, yeah, GB and I put up a heck of a fight. Uh, Really got tight there this afternoon. But the U.S. was able to win the uh, 48th playing of the Walker Cup by a margin of 14 to 12. And man, had a lot of our uh, stars, as you mentioned, you know, really a star-studded lineup of our 10 guys. Uh, nine out of the 10 will definitely go on to play professional golf at, uh, at some level. And then had our man uh, Stewie Hags kind of anchoring the squad in that tenth spot as the uh, the amateur legend that he is. But first stop, I think we got to go down to uh, go down to the swamp and give a little dab to our man Ricky Castillo. Uh, for a lot of things, but primarily his record this week, Sterling. Absolutely Sterling.
1: Yeah, uh, 4-0 and uh, on the weekend and joins uh, just a handful of guys that ever have a 4-0 and record uh, over the, uh, the Walker Cup weekend, right? Which uh, Oklahoma State, 2009, I think it was uh, Pete Uline and in yeah. uh, Ricky Fowler were a couple of the guys that did it as well so not something that happens very often a clean sweep and uh yeah he was uh, he was nails all weekend long and man he made a couple big putts, had, had some big fist pumps right so uh, he was definitely fired up as well so uh yeah the uh, University of Florida have got themselves a good one in Ricky Castillo uh in I think he won the Phil Mickelson award uh last year as well right freshman of the year so yeah, he's a uh, college freshman yeah, yeah he's not a um, he's not not a not a no name in the golf sicko circles that's for sure
0: no, absolutely not. He's an absolute stud. While you might, uh, you know, he may have some questionable, uh, accessory choices with the trying to bring back the, uh, Puka shell, you know, necklaces circa like 1995. That? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm trying to decide if it's going to make a full <laughs> comeback before I personally commit to something like that, but you can't argue with the results. Uh, he, uh, yeah, as you said, four matches, four wins, uh, won both his foursomes matches and then, um, in singles, uh, was an absolute stud bringing it home. Uh, Cole Hammer, uh, the clinching point uh, for the Walker Cup, uh, University of Texas product who we got to see up close and personal, sealed the deal at Prairie Dunes in the Big 12 championship. So Cole Hammer, uh, just a, probably the most experienced amateur on the team, uh, maybe outside of uh, our man. Uh, Stewie Hags, you could argue that Ekro uh, right there. You kind of forget how great Ekro uh, has been over his college career. But Cole Hammer played very well, uh, 3-0-1, just had the one tie. Clinches the Walker Cup, as you said. We only needed 13 points, but he went ahead and got that winning point uh, to get us uh, over the top. And, yeah, I think just all – you can kind of go down the whole roster. You talk about Ekro specifically today – Austin Eckrow is the lead dog out of the gate. They put him out there against uh, I believe it was Mark Power, who had yet to lose. He was three and zero coming right. into the uh, the afternoon singles, and Eckroat absolutely boat races him seven and six. I mean, we never got behind. Just I mean, built, se- built, seven goal. and
1: six. Let's put that in context too, JTL. So that that's that's a that's a sixty three to nothing type of butt kicking right there. Seven oh, yeah. and six, right? Seven that, and six.
0: And so again, yeah. for the the very few folks who listen to this podcast and don't know this. Seven and six means he had he was up seven holes with six holes to play. So you know by the what would that by, by the end of the twelfth hole he had already over. won seven. It was done. So he uh, he had a tidy. He got to kind of he honestly got to kick back for probably yeah. what four or five hours. Yeah, he was and, the
1: first guy out, and it was uh, and, uh, the quickest uh, round out of all of them. But uh, yeah, that's the uh, match yeah. uh, match play equivalent uh, of a of hanging half a hundred on somebody right there.
0: Yeah, he uh, he played great. He uh, was shaky yesterday afternoon in his singles match, but ended up getting it done. I believe he won one up on 18 yesterday to um, kind of right the ship after he and our, and our man Quaid uh, didn't get it done yesterday morning in their foursomes match. They went down. Uh, Quaid ends up losing his singles match, so he goes you know, 0-2 after the first day. They actually both got set. This morning did not play foursomes. Uh, only eight of the guys go out, kind of four in four foursomes. Um, but you know, Quaid did right the ship late. You know, he actually had a two. He had a two up lead, Keith, going into 15, which is a par five. He's a long hitter, kind of has an advantage there. Uh, pars the hole to a birdie, so now he's only up one going into 16. Kind of screws that up. He actually gets down going into the 18th hole. So he has gone from being two up, going into 15, to one down, going into 18. Steps up. It's a tremendous drive after his opponent had actually tugged it left into the sand. So we thought. That guy got a great break actually being right on a little piece of grass in between the bunkers and had a shot in. Yeah, Uh, Barkley Brown was his name. A bucket Bucket hat guy, so you probably like this guy. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of discussion about that particular bucket hat. It was a little small. Something just didn't seem quite right with old Barclays bucket hat. seemed a little bit uh, undersized. So maybe, uh, maybe the equipment guy was scrambling last minute. Like, what? He wants a bucket hat, and he wants what model bucket hat? I don't know where we're gonna find one of those. But nonetheless, he uh, he almost uh, almost nipped our man Quade there. But Quade hits a. Great drive, great second, into 18, two-putt par uh, to uh, to win that hole and have the match, else he would have been uh, kind of a dubious distinction of going 0-3 had he not scratched out that half. But really played pretty solid. Uh, I think that they kind of ran into a buzzsaw yesterday morning in their match. Uh, and then he was, he was a little bit loose yesterday afternoon, but really played well this afternoon in singles. Uh, so really just great to see both Ekro and Quaid uh, contribute to the win, uh, making Oklahoma proud, um, and I we're obviously looking forward to seeing them here in a couple of weeks as they take center stage at each of their regional sites uh, for the NCAA's. And so, yeah, I think all in all, exciting to see. And then, you know, I want to talk about Stewie Hags. What were your impressions? It was obviously your first experience of getting to see the man, the myth, the legend that is Stuart Haggestad For those who uh, don't remember from the preview pod, a thirty-year-old. A uh, lifelong amateur forgo the professional ranks to uh, make money in the in the professional world and remain as retain his amateur status. But Keith, give me your impressions of uh, of Stewie Hags.
1: Yeah, he was the anchor man uh, coming out this afternoon, right? So obviously, could could be a very important spot depending upon how tight the matches are, kind of coming down the stretch. And and he got off to a slow start against Ben Jones, but he turns it on. You know, about midway through the round, and then he ends up boat racing Ben Jones when it's all said and done. And uh, yeah, I mean, he he got a little fired up uh, on making some putts there towards the end as well. He ends up winning four and two over Ben Jones. But you know, the the, the putter, right? So he's—I know it's not the long putter, right? But he's got this. Uh, what 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 is that? What's going on with that putter?
0: Yeah, not not great. I uh, hadn't got to see him play since the U.S. Amateur in Bandon. Back in August of 2020, I uh, didn't realize that he had made the switch, to so the long putter definitely kind of hurts my man crush on uh, Stewie Hags to see him resorting uh, to such uh, delicacies as the long putter. Nonetheless, he does get it done against Ben Jones 4-2. and two. Now, while certainly it uh, was getting pretty dicey, as we're going to talk about out at Seminole this afternoon, he didn't exactly play great. I think after he had uh, kind of turned the back nine, I um, believe it was a one down, uh, he runs off uh, one, two, three, four consecutive pars and one every hole. That means our man Ben Jones from across the pond was getting a little loose uh, there at the start of the back nine. But Stewie did what he had to do. Uh, definitely had the swagger that I'm used to seeing from Stewie, but yeah, the long putter, that was a tough scene. Uh, Going to be interesting to see, you know, Keith, if he is able to continue his high-level play in amateur events. Uh, will this be, you know, we talked about that this is his third Walker Cup, which is in this day and age, unheard of. We go way back, and it's yeah. much more common. But it'll be interesting to see if he's uh, on the squad in a couple years. If I think if he can retain that high-level play, even if he's not uh, – Absolutely killing it. He could kind of become kind of that uh, that guy who's kind of the elder statesman and maybe they can kind of hide him. I mean, yeah, he was anchoring today, but let's be honest, I think that the captain, Nathaniel Harding, excuse me, Nathaniel Harding, that's a John Rex board member, <laughs> <Hardy>. uh, Nathaniel <laughs> Crosby, pardon, pardon me, um, was probably hiding him a little bit, probably thought that uh, in singles the U.S. was going to go out and, Cruise pretty easy and and maybe Stewie would uh, his match quote wouldn't matter, um, but you know, it got a little tighter than expected and it definitely could have come down to it. But yeah, just again you go all the way through the roster. And heck, we didn't talk about Pearson Cootie. He played great today. B. Al Patrick, Matt Patrick's younger brother. We talked about Ricky Castillo, obviously Cole Hammer. We talked about you know the guy that didn't get it done. He and he should have John. John Pack, he played really well all week and is another absolute stud. So uh going to be fun. You know, this summer, as we finish the NCAAs, a lot of these guys will be playing in pro events on sponsors exemptions, trying to qualify for the U.S. Open. So I guarantee you all these names, uh, maybe outside of Stewie, that you saw this weekend, you're going to get a lot more of in the months to come.
1: Yep. No, I, I agree. Now, one now of the overarching storylines over the the weekend, JTL, that uh, we haven't touched on yet Was this stomach bug that was going around that kind of went through both teams? And I mean, must have been pretty bad stuff because you had some guys having to go to the emergency room to get IVs to get liquids. We had alternates kind of subbing in, you know, and uh, having to uh, reschedule who was going to go off at different rounds and stuff. And so, you know, you mentioned, you know, a couple of the guys that, uh, uh, you know, John Pack, for instance, you know, he 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 got beat by Joe Long today, uh, the the British amateur champ. But that was the only you know, round that that Joe Long was able to play, right? So he wasn't uh, really feeling uh, too good on Saturday and and I guess really wasn't up for it on Sunday morning for foursomes as well. And so he only gets to play 118 a whole round but uh, ends up winning uh, over John Puck when it was all said and done, but uh, yeah, kind of a kind of a wild story, man. I don't I don't know if it was uh, some bad clams, you know, or or maybe maybe the guys got a little <laughs> wild Friday night or something the night before. I, I don't know, man. But uh, uh, it uh, definitely affected I mean, both teams. It
0: had it had to be food related for that many guys to have had. Uh, I believe it was fourteen of the twenty four players, including the alternates. Uh, within a 72-hour span, were stricken by this gastrointestinal illness. All of them tested negative for COVID-19. Apparently, so that was ruled out as a cause. Uh, even the captains both came down uh, with the bug. So this was a this was a serious deal. You're right. At least uh, two or three went to the hospital. Uh, highlighted by uh, Tyler Strafasi. Uh, we'll all remember him from his uh, family history that's been highlighted and highlighted and highlighted. So we've uh, unfortunately added to the Strafossi lore of uh, having to go IV treatment and giving up his spot to somebody else. They really played that up as his contribution to the team. He goes out today uh, barely, you know, kind of doing the Michael Jordan flu game type of thing out there, uh, panting and stuff. But uh, it was wild, Keith. They, they, they um, all get ill. They actually were questioning, are they going to be able to get this thing done? And they delayed the announcement of the pairings until like 7 a.m., which I think it was supposed to go off at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Totally wild. Certainly not something we've never seen that magnitude of a sickness potentially taking down an entire event or perhaps delaying it. Uh, I was I was I was blown away when we were kind of following that yesterday we were having our little outing down in Norman. But ultimately, uh, everybody gets healthy. The rest of the rest of the event goes off without a hitch. Uh, at least it, when I was. <laughs> went on without a hitch as it relates to the golf, uh, the golf course. Uh, We did have some interesting fashion choices uh, being selected uh, on the teams. I got to get your thoughts as always, you know, I like to do this. Tell me what you saw out there when it came to the apparel, Mr. Needham.
1: Well, I mean, I, I I didn't care for the, what would you call that? Was it pink pants that the, uh, the U S guys were wearing? Uh, maybe a coral.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were trying to pull off kind of a non-red red, and I don't Man. think it quite popped like they expected to. I think the uh, in that particular um, outfit, you know, the white the white belt wasn't really working with it. I probably highlighted by the clown shoes that I, I was saw a couple of the guys I was going to
1: say bowling shoes is what uh, what some of it was going on there pretty it's, it's kind of
0: crazy how, how classy that the uh, that shoe that saddle shoe looks in a navy and how absolutely Ronald McDonald it looks like in red white and the red yeah mm-hmm. uh, so not not great uh, the GB and I squad much more classy look they kind of had a little bit of Harry Potter kind of uniform situation going on there with whatever the emblem that is um, so overall, we'll give it, we'll give it a B, you know, there wasn't, there weren't any absolute disasters, but at the same time, I didn't, uh, jump on, uh, I believe it was FootJoy apparel there. I didn't jump on FootJoy and uh, order a bunch of it either. So we'll, we'll kind of give it a B there. Uh, nothing, nothing great. Nothing. Yeah. You mentioned nothing.
1: You you mentioned some of the accessories too though so a lot a lot of ne- necklaces a lot of uh, a yeah, lot of yeah, wrist yeah. gear a lot of bracelets uh, you, you had some earrings out there for some a few of the guys Ooh, which I don't want I don't uh, want to be yeah I don't want to be get off my lawn you know old man here and stuff but uh, yeah they're rocking some, the
0: two earrings I mean some millennial
1: uh, fashion choices out there I think that's fair to say
0: impressively bold choice from Mr Pack um, you know I think that. Uh, you got to gotta be confident in what you're doing. And certainly he was, you know, between the puka shell, the double earrings, uh, the clown shoes. These guys clearly uh, have confidence in what they're throwing out there in their attire and their appearance. Good on them. I love somebody who's willing to break the mold, put themselves out there. And they certainly did that uh, as it related to the fashion scene and the attire. So, uh, so good there. But as always in... Events like this, to me, Keith, star of the show was absolutely the golf course. You know yep. how I love the golf yep. course architecture. Your thoughts on Seminole? I know you might have got to see a touch of it back last May when they did that made-for-TV event with Fowler, Dustin Johnson, uh, Matthew Wolf, and uh, the fourth one escapes me. But you got a lot more of it this weekend at Seminole. What were your thoughts on the Grand Dame that is Seminole Golf Club?
1: Yeah, very cool whenever they would do the aerial shots, right, to kind of see the property kind of laid down. Obviously, no houses on it, right, so kind of right. you know secluded there on what appears to be a, a certainly a smaller piece of property than maybe what we're typically used to for golf courses here in Oklahoma, right? When nestled nestled up there against the coastline. You had the uh, the light blue waters kind of coming in off there, uh, which was kind of really cool, but it appears, you know, it looked like it was relatively tight routing. Is, is kind of what it what it looked like sure. from the uh, the aerial shots there, but I mean, yeah, really really neat. Uh, I mean, not as many palm trees out there as maybe what I was anticipating, right? So the trees are kind of sparingly placed out there. But uh, uh, man, the, the sand, you know, kind of the, the the crazy grasses that are kind of going on there up up and up against the water. We saw that on eighteen, right? For whatever reason, it seemed like the GB and I guys were all hooking it left. On 18 and kind of yanking it into the gunch over there is what we would call it, you know, but uh, yeah, I thought it thought it looked really, really good. I mean, certainly, I think the heat and maybe a little bit of the wind got away from the golf course management towards the end there, you know, they talked about syringing some of the greens there, I think 18 in particular, to try to soften it up just a hair, because it was borderline unplayable there for the last what 90 minutes, Till.
0: Yeah, I mean, it got, it got pretty crispy on the greens. Um, if you didn't hit very precise chip shots, let alone approach shots, I mean, just, just chipping around those greens, you had to be absolutely dialed in. Uh, there were a couple of times that folks hit into a bunker and uh, tried to <clears throat> get it out and it hit a decent shot, and it just kept on rolling. But I think in spite of that, Seminole absolutely showed out uh, fantastically you know, that, uh, kind of 16, 17, 18 finishing stretch 17s a, uh, kind of a little postage stamp of a part three set right up against the sand dunes of the Atlantic ocean. And then 18 T is right next hard, right next to the 17th green. And, uh, you have to play a, either a sling and hook, um, which, uh, some folks, as you mentioned, overcooked, uh, or play a nice little fade, uh, to, uh, I saw a lot of guys not wanting anything to do with the dunes on the left and actually hit it out in, like, the driving range uh, on several holes. Yeah. But I thought Seminole absolutely was spectacular. Not only, as you mentioned, the overhead shots were great, where you kind of see the surf coming up to the dunes, see the landscape. Kind of a, I would say almost a um, kind of square piece of land that yes, not a house on it, not much around the perimeter. Uh, and then just these two or three dunes that the golf course is routed upon, through, around, uh, just a spectacular piece of not only property, but absolutely majestic architecture by Donald Ross. Uh, Very clever routing on that rectangular site. Uh, I think every hole, if I understand it right, kind of encounters a new wind direction. You know, DBR, Sweet D talked about prairie dunes. No holes play directly north, directly south, outside of maybe a couple. And so you never really get a great feel for the wind. Same thing here at Seminole. encountering a new wind direction on almost every hole. A few years back, uh, Bill Corbin Crenshaw redesigned the bunkers, kind of exposing a lot of that sandy um, surface. We know that exposing sandy surfaces up at Boiling Springs has done amazing things to the aesthetics and playability of that place. Uh, very, very similar here. Uh, in fact, we were joking with some folks on the text thread that you know put some palm trees at Boiling Springs. It looks pretty darn similar. Yeah, very much. So I was just uh, excited to be able to see it on TV again. Not sure when we will the next time. You know, after having it back-to-back years between the uh, the relief event last May and then the Walker Cup, uh, I've been a little bit spoiled getting to see it uh, on repeat here. But uh, man, star of the show was fun to watch and always fun to see high-level. You know, we call it high-level high-level amateur events. But let's be honest; these guys are just pros and waiting. These guys are all going to be cashing checks out on tour. So uh, very cool to see Seminole, and it did not disappoint one bit
1: yep uh good win for team usa and i guess before we move on I, i've got you know a quote from austin Eckrode here after his uh, seven and six victory uh, earlier this morning
0: well deck here's the deal i'm the best there is plain and simple i mean i wake up in the morning i piss
1: excellence and nobody can hang with my stuff uh you know i'm just a there's a big hairy
0: american winning machine if you ain't first you're last
1: that's right. Austin Eck wrote there, you ain't first, you're like, big Harry American winning machine. That was, that was Team USA.
0: American winning machine. Absolutely. Uh, Eck is right on point with his comments there. Uh, I'm glad that he had the... Uh, you know the uh, the stones to tell folks how it was he clearly uh, had the right to say it after seven to six yeah, you go out and win seven and six racing. you can say
1: that yeah absolutely okay, now, you, you kick your feet up before we, before we move on from the Walker Cup and talk about uh, Quell Hollow and uh, and Wells Fargo here at JT I, I wanted to maybe take a little umbrage with the uh, announced team uh, on oh, on NBC's okay. coverage here so I, I think it's Please. azinger right so it was doing some of the color commentary there from a the booth Mm-hmm. there was some uh, pronunciation pronunciation oh issues, gosh. right? I mean, you just go through the list of guys. It was Pearson Cootie, Pearson Cody, John Pack, John Pac, uh, William Moo, William Mao, R- Ricky Castillo, Ricky Castillo, which uh, they come on and, like, I think corrected that one. You know, saying, hey, look, he's Filipino heritage, right? It's Castillo. Tyler Strafaci, Tyler Strafaci. It's like, pick one at some point, right? So, I mean, you get one job, and again, I, screw, I probably screwed up two or three of these guys' names while we were going through the first 20 minutes of this podcast, but I'm also not getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to broadcast these live events. I mean, get it, get it right.
0: Yeah, that was absolutely ridiculous. I it's mean, like it happened you know, so many times, it was almost like a joke. You know that they were prepped on how to pronounce everybody. There's no way that the producers of these broadcasts are not hammering into these guys' over and over and probably they have probably a cue card billboard up in front of them that says how to pronounce their name. And yeah, they kept butchering uh, several names. They they took a lot of flack for that out on, uh, on Twitter uh, and and other social media outlets. So uh, I will fully support you in uh, your calling out of the poor pronunciation, something that we make it darn Effort to uh, to never mess up, and when we do, we certainly make corrections. So uh, I will stand with you on that block, Mister Needham.
1: As D.B.R. would say, just be better. Just,
0: just be, be better. better. Don't yeah. apologize. Just be better.
1: Well, well, let's take it up a notch. Let's go to the PGA Tour, the fashionals as we like to call them. Uh, Man, Wells Fargo, Quail Hollow, doozy. Your boy is back, J.T. I know you're ready to <laughs> heap heap praise on Rory McElroy, <laughs> but uh, he. He holds on, I think would probably be the best way to describe uh, his adventure over the last two or three holes. Uh, holds off, our guy, uh, Abe, answer. And then mm-hmm. uh, our other guy, Vic Hovland, right? So uh, the Oklahoma guys are right there, uh, just one and two strokes off respectively here. Keith Mitchell, you know, leading going into the final round. He faded a little bit on Sunday, as I think a lot of us probably put a couple shekels on it that he probably would. Uh, but uh, Rory, back in the winner's circle uh, for the first time in what seems like forever. Now, it's not a major, J. Till, but I'll, I'll yield the floor to you so that you can heap praise on Mr. McElroy.
0: Well, Rory is uh, one of the most popular players on the PGA Tour worldwide. I think a lot of folks love his attitude, love his insightful comments. Uh, Anytime that he is asked a question, he gives a thoughtful response to it. So I've got nothing but respect for Rory McIlroy when it comes to how he plays the game, uh, his demeanor, uh, and just, uh, you know, a lot of times we get robotic answers from those guys, and that's certainly not Rory. That being said, uh, he has been uh, pronounced uh, dead and uh, he continues to maintain that status because, as you mentioned, this is not a major. This was, uh, although it played tough here, Keith, you know, minus 10 10 is a winning score. That's uh, pretty rare to see that low of a number, or I guess high of a number, depending on your perspective. And uh, he does get it done. It wasn't without an absolute anxious 18th hole where he hooked one off. Of the reservation a la major league, uh, had to take a drop out of the penalty area, was able to get in on the green three and two putt for a uh, very, we'll call it comfy one stroke victory. But leading up to that point, uh, he actually played great. He uh goes out and um shoots a two under 33 on the front uh, to kind of keep himself in position there with Keith Mitchell. And then uh, goes one under on the back, really added added to two under before that unfortunate bogey on 18. So definitely played um, as good as he needed to to win the golf tournament and really played well all week after a so-so opening round, which apparently he really – was kind of in a spot of bother health wise, Uh, pulled something in his neck on the range on Wednesday morning and was taking treatment right up to his tee time on Thursday. So understandable to go out and and fire one over par 72, but then go 66, 68, 68 over the last three rounds to claim his last title in some five or 600 days. It had been a while since Rory had bagged one. So got to give it up to roars. Uh, He got kind of credited, the fans being back in full force I heard that, uh, yeah, yeah. to his uh, to his good place that he didn't really realize how much he had missed or would miss the fans. And so uh, I guess we'll go with the pun, you know, that uh, Roars loves the Roars and got it done down at Quail Hollow. And while I was excited, I, I was tuning in just to see Rory, to be quite honest, because although I, I do uh, love the bit that he can't get it done on Sunday, I will always tune in to see him potentially not get it done. On a Sunday, uh, we had a couple of local boys uh, make very good, uh, I guess, local by way of Manko and Norway. We got darn close to playing the mega clip this weekend. Uh, Vic Hovland, a four under uh, 67 a day to climb uh, from four under to an eight under finish T3. With the aforementioned Keith Mitchell. Uh, what were your thoughts on Vic Hovlin uh, specifically over the weekend as he goes 68, 67 to bag yet another top five?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, he, he seems to be primed to win a major this year, JTL. Totally so, I mean, he, he's sitting there, he's flirting around with it, right? Uh, his game really came on over the weekend, as you kind of mentioned, with that 68-67. Had, had a rough Friday, right, uh, one over uh, par 72. But you mentioned, you know, Quail Hollow was playing really, really tough. So, I mean, I, I love where his game's at right now. He seems to be enjoying himself, right? He's always got a smile on his face. Uh, seems to, to be in a good place right now. And so I would – and i may have already uh put a couple shekels on Vic Hovland <laughs> to to win a major this year. So i i, I think that uh he may be there but oh uh, i might and I, I have. Yeah, OU's Abe Answer uh had a pretty good little sunday as well. 66 uh out there. Uh, I think that was uh, maybe tied for the low round of the day I believe if i'm not mistaken. That so, was
0: uh, i want to say it was really. was the low it
1: was just low round of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah so low low Bic, round of the day, Yeah, Vic was five, tied for a second, yeah. Mm-hmm. 5
0: under par. Uh he raced up the leaderboard, uh, nine par, finishes solo second, had a birdie putt that uh came darn close to going in on 18. That would have, uh, as it turned out, uh, got him uh, to 10 under and into a playoff with McElroy. But he played great today. Uh, I love the fact that I uh, picked him uh, for that top 10 lock, delivering for you guys as, uh, as I would say always, but maybe not. Uh, the Bedlam's showing strong between the Walker Cup. Uh, with Quaid and Eck and then uh, our man Abe Answer and Vic Hovland. Uh, Abe, you know, it's kind of sneaky. We're waiting on, I believe, his first outright win on tour where Vic has bagged a couple of uh, trophies already. Abe has yet to break through for a win. Again, it seems like it's a matter of time. I maybe would pencil him in for a win at Colonial if he plays. It just seems okay, like the type like of it. track that fits his game. Uh, But pretty cool to see uh, Boomer Sooner and Ritam Cowboy there in the two and three spots uh, behind the Northern Irishman Rory. Uh, Man, ended up being a fun Sunday out on the PGA Tour. I thought that 100% of my attention would be on the Walker Cup. And this at least got me to go dual screen uh, to check out the uh, the end of the proceedings. Uh, Really the whole back nine.
1: Yep, same, same for me. Down Charlotte. Uh, had, had the uh, Walker Cup on the big screen and then had the uh, Wells Fargo on the smaller screen as well. But yeah, a lot of fun. But I, you know, you mentioned the Oklahoma guys. I want to take your attention, J-Till, and get your thoughts on a guy just south of the Red River, an SMU pony.
0: Uh, oh, my God. Bri-
1: Bryson DeChambeau
0: had, a had
1: kind of a, a, an issue on Friday. <laughs> uh, didn't think he was going to make the cut. Had headed to the airport and out and then – Realized he, he did make the cut and had to turn around and come back. And I guess credit to him. I mean, he shoots a 68-68 over the weekend. So, I mean, he he, he pulled his pulled his act together. Uh, but uh, this this adds to
0: the lore of uh, the big golfer, <laughs> right? <laughs> we have to come up with another name if the lore is somehow like it seems the man, like The man, the myth, uh, the
1: legend, right? So we got to get him yeah, one of those t-shirts. It, it,
0: yeah, it seems like a theatrical performance at this point with Bryson. That being said... You got to give it up to a guy who finished tied for ninth in the tournament whenever he was sitting at home in Dallas on Friday night. (laughs) He's got to get more of those red eye flights
1: before a Saturday round, (laughs) I guess, going forward.
0: Thinks he has missed the cut, flies home, only to land and find out, nope, got in barely underneath the number, decides that it's... uh, they need more notice or something net jets to turn around and just fly him back. So he has to leave, uh, early gets there, um, with not much time, honestly, to make his third round tea time. And then yes, goes out and shoots 68, 68 on the weekend, uh, 600 par over the weekend to, uh, to grab a, to grab a T nine. So, uh, Bryson, once again, making headlines for all the wrong reasons, Yet, uh can't argue with the results when it all is said and done. But, yes, just another thing for folks to poke fun at him at. Um, You know, hopefully he'll be playing in the uh, Byron Nelson this weekend, which is right there in the That's Metroplex, right. yeah. and he'll be able to avoid any of these snafus uh, going forward.
1: Yeah, just he, he should be able to drive to that one, I think. So, won't need the private plane uh, for the Byron Nelson, as you mentioned. But, you know, till – it is Mother's Day weekend, so we'd be remiss if we didn't show some love to the ladies, right? So we got to talk a little LPGA, right? We had mentioned last week on the pod that they're kind of on their Southeast Asia tour, right? Singapore the week before, Thailand this week. Uh, and, and we got to talk about the winner here, uh, Arya Jutanagarn, right? So I, I believe, i to try to get those pronunciations right there. Uh, but she goes out and shoots a 63, I believe, in the final round to, to win by one stroke. Needed every one of them, too. 22 under, Uh, to to, uh, uh, just nick one of her fellow countrywomen, Ataya Mm -hmm. Tikatul, I believe. I think is how you pronounce it. An amateur, too. She's got an A out there next to her name. I guess that's what it means, right? Pretty wild.
0: Yeah, unbelievable to see an amateur almost winning an LPGA Tour event, yet uh, Aria uh, closes with 63, as you mentioned. Um, First ever Thai native to win. The 15, uh, I believe it's fifteen, about a 15-year-old tournament uh, there, the Honda LPGA Thailand. You know, I guess 2021 is kind of becoming uh, the theme here, kind of star players ending surprisingly long victory droughts. You, know, you got Spieth, Lydia Ko, um, Hedecki, you know, long, kind of went a long ways without winning. Brooke Henderson was another one, uh, I believe, just last weekend or the weekend before out in L.A. And, uh, yeah, area. Breaks a guy, had it written down a thousand over a thousand days, uh, 1015 days since her last win back in 2018 at the women's British Open. Is how long it had wow. been since she had bagged a victory of any kind. Uh, actually, uh, so obviously in Thailand, this ended uh, on our time, you know, overnight early, early this morning. Uh, but actually I had to wait out, I believe, about an hour weather delay to see if her score would hold up. Uh, so she had finished and they go into weather delay for about an hour and had, she had to watch a little bit more golf uh, to see if her uh, 2200 par was going to hold up. It does for her uh, 11th tour victory, I believe, is what I have in my notes. And uh, she is fun to watch. Uh, so many of the Asian women just absolutely stripe the ball with consistency that you know, it just makes you wonder why can't I do that? Cause it makes it look so easy down the middle, middle of the green every single time. Uh, so kudos to area, uh, for her 11th win. And, uh, that was one of those where didn't get to see much of it. I actually watched a couple of hours of it each night on the first two nights. So it's like, put the kids to bed and then I could like fall asleep to it. Other than that, I, I didn't make myself go with the, uh, the midnight to two thirty shift to actually see it finish but uh kudos to her we always love giving the ladies dap we'll be excited to get them back over here on uh, on our schedule here over the next few weeks
1: yeah definitely tough with the time difference there but a lot of you know a lot of big name lpga players were, were in this tournament too so oh, you yeah. got to go down the list lydia Ko finishes 11th at 17 under you have danielle King uh, tied for 13th at 15 under so you know it wasn't a uh wasn't, wasn't a, a short-on superstar affair uh, over there in Thailand. So a lot of the big names made the trip over and kind of uh, are making that trip through the uh, uh, Southeast Asia Swing, uh, if you want to call it that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, kudos uh, to uh, Arya there for a big win uh, in a great final round there uh, with a 63 that holds up. But, uh, you know, I, I guess... Probably show some love to the uh, to the old guys as well, J. Till. So I saw you. Well, you, you, had some, you, had some yeah, you had some good tweets out there. You uh, had uh, some good tweets out there this afternoon with regards to. Uh, uh, sound like there was some competition for uh, for the TV screens there in the Till household this afternoon.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hate. I just I hate to be critical of the guys who have given so much to the history of the game. Uh, those being the uh, competitors out on the PGA Tour champions. However, when you have a once every two years event at the Walker Cup that happens to be at one of the five to ten best golf courses in the entire world, and you have to share the screen or even not have the Walker Cup on the screen because we're trying to finish an old guy major, uh, was a little bit tweaked at that. Again, luckily it's a first world problem. I could pull it up on the computer screen over on the peacock network. Thank God I never thought I would say the words thank God for the peacock network but appreciate you guys doing the doing the yeoman's work. But uh, our man Alex Jacob um, German? yeah German? German yeah Germans they bombed Pearl Harbor. Um, gets it done uh, in a playoff. I believe our man, Steve Stricker, Ryder cup captain, Steve Stricker, Eagles 18 to force that playoff, which was damn impressive. I guess if you got to watch old man golf, it's nice to see something exciting happen. Uh, but Checo wins in a playoff, uh, at the, uh, at the traditions as it's known, uh, the fifth major on the, uh, excuse me, fourth major out on the, uh, PGA tour champions. So we certainly would give him his due, um, you know, obviously a lot of names that you recognize out on the PGA Tour champions, uh, Steve Stricker, among others. But Alex Chayka is a name that you know didn't have a great career as a PGA Tour professional, uh, a lot of Euro Tour wins. Uh, but these guys just cannot give it up, Keith. They get out there, they grind and grind and grind. They uh, want to bag more tr- Trophies, and he gets it done down in Birmingham, I believe, uh, right. was uh, where this tournament was played. Yeah,
1: Birmingham, Alabama, Greystone Golf and Country Club, which I've, I've never been to, but I've actually heard about it. I've heard good things about it. So uh, must be a pretty nice track down there. But yeah, you mentioned some of the uh, the big names that were near the leaderboard uh, right behind Steve Stricker. And I guess kudos to Steve Stricker, man. He's he's popped up on a couple of leaderboards here uh, over the early spring, and he's playing some pretty good golf, right? He's going to be the uh, Ryder Cup captain uh, in September uh, up at uh, Whistling Strait. So... Uh, Definitely um, you know, earning his keep, so to speak. Not that it, you know we could be taken away. I guess at this point, but uh, Bears mentioning that uh, he's playing some really good golf right now. But Ernie Els tied for fourth uh, with Jerry Kelly at 11 under. Bernhard Langer right at nine under. Retief Goosen eight under. Darren Clark, John Daly uh, played pretty good uh, golf. Whoa. Yeah, 700, tied for 10. It makes a top 10. So that's kind of cool uh, to see uh, Big John out there swinging the clubs and doing okay, I guess doing okay from a health perspective too. I know he's uh, had some health issues here uh, recently as well, so uh, good to see him out there too. But, uh, uh, well, J.T., you know, let's let's talk about some of the things that we did this weekend, But I think you had mentioned it there, and I know we, we sent out some tweets and uh, put some stuff out there that uh, we had a fun day yesterday, morning. Oh, what a great day. Saturday down in Norman at uh, OU Memorial Stadium did a little Top Golf Live down there, and uh, man, that was that was fun, right? So I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I had a great time. It was uh, a great excuse to do a little bit of a, a triple date uh, with the uh, with the wives, uh, the Wops as we call them, wives of podcasters. Um, yeah, you got to took. be careful with that now. That's got a couple different meanings of that acronym. W O P, baby. Um, Keith and I took our lovely wife, Sarah and Amanda, down to OU Memorial Stadium. And we're lucky enough to be joined by Doug Jacobson and his lovely wife, Sarah, no H, uh, for uh, Top Golf Live. So, you guys just think Top Golf. A lot of you have been, uh, but set up inside a college football stadium. Definitely a novelty, wouldn't you say, to be able to hit golf balls in a unique environment i think was probably the main draw for us obviously being ou alums um but what were your thoughts around how it was set up um how the uh, the scoring worked just 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 uh, give the folks a little bit of color around uh what that looked and felt like. I know we did send some stuff out via social media, but the folks I'm sure want to hear about it in case they ever have a chance to do that in their neck of the woods.
1: No, it was fun. So we were set up in the south end zone, right, kind of right there on the deck, right behind where the goalposts would normally be. Obviously the goalposts were taken down given that we were hitting golf shots into it. And so you're hitting towards the north end zone and had what, I think three red targets that were probably 40 to 50 yards out, a couple of yellow targets that were in the 70 to 80 range, and then one blue one. If you can kind of you know, picture a pyramid, right? So out on the field, the, as to how these were structured. Uh, one that was back there towards the back, one twenty-five ish, one thirty. Um, now, still in the COVID era, right? So somewhat on lockdown as to what you could bring in, right? You had to wear the mask going into it. Couldn't bring your own clubs. So essentially, they gave us a, a sand wedge and a pitching wedge to hit with. And so uh, just kind of hit the had to hit the stock. Clubs that they had there, but uh, it was fun, right? They had people running back and forth. If you wanted drinks, you wanted snacks, you wanted food. They had it, had it all set up there, and uh, and you got pretty fortunate, right? So I, I think <laughs> amongst our group, J Till, uh, you did pretty well. But I guess we got to give a shout out to our man Chris Caldwell as well, So he he sent us a screenshot. He went later in the day on Saturday, and I I don't know that it's it's probably official, right? Somewhat dubious as to what his score was
0: dubious indeed uh, although i will say that if he uh i believe the the high score you know you so you got to hit what was it five balls to the last ball yep. five and then you count, rotate yep counting double um and you know obviously the, the further just like at top golf the further the target out that you hit the more points that you got uh, i believe the best somebody in our crew did over one round was in the five hundreds and uh chris colwell screenshots us uh the, the jumbotron saying that he had put a 960 on the board which was uh, pretty, pretty impressive pretty impressive with uh old used golf clubs um and a little bit of a tough wind as the day progressed yesterday but i thought the setup was very cool i had uh, kind of had high expectations and then had my expectations lowered by some guys that had gone earlier in the week. And so that probably helped um, to kind of have the expectations lowered a little bit, but I had a great time. I thought obviously the company was really, really fun. Uh, and then uh, yes, I, I got away with a few loose swings and uh, still managed to come home in the money. Um, but probably the topper, you know, we, we got to give a shout out to, to our friends at the Mont uh, absolute fabulous little brunch we had after uh, walked over and, Hit the Mont Patio. Yep. Great weather for that. Just a bang up day, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring you a little more content from Top Golf Live, folks. But I would certainly recommend if you're able to get to a stadium that uh, you think is cool. It's 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 uh it's it's probably worth doling out the money and doing it once. That's right.
1: That's right. Now, I think they're taking a tour across the country, right? So several of the big name college. Uh, football stadiums they're kind of posting up in as the uh, spring and summer kind of rolls on here. So, this was this weekend was the stop in Norman, obviously, and they'll be. I think moving on after that, and uh, you can check that out uh, on their website, I'm sure, and find out where they're going to be next. But uh, it, again, novelty, I think, is the uh, the right word. Uh, obviously, by the um, twelve dollars beers uh, that we had to pay for there while, while we were there, so it's uh, <laughs> well, that wasn't very novel. They're, yeah, no. they're uh, they're it's it's they're trying to make money. There's no doubt about it on that regard. They we, we donated right, so we gave uh, gave to the cause in that regard. So, but uh, yeah, really did enjoy it. And you mentioned yeah, the swirls at the Mont are still still pretty good, just as good as I can remember.
0: Agree. Totally agree. Well, well, coming up this week, my friend, yeah. the, fair, the fairway files do not end with top golf. Obviously, we didn't, uh, I shouldn't say obviously, but I'm sure some folks uh, take their mothers and/or wives out to play golf over the Mother's Day weekend. We did not get any uh, rounds in, but we have uh, some fun stuff coming up this week. I know you're traveling up to uh, Tulsa to uh, play a golf course you haven't had the chance to experience yet and probably run into one of our newfound friends. I actually, tomorrow, I'll let you talk about that. Tomorrow, I get the, uh, one of my favorite days of the year, Keith, get to go up to Enid, Oklahoma, the Denny Price YMCA. There in Enid always holds their annual golf tournament fundraiser at Oakwood Country Club. Classic classic little Perry Maxwell track that is always in good shape, always great hospitality. I mean, when I say one of my favorite days of the year, I'm not, can we circle this sucker on the calendar every year has something to do. We just talked about post round uh, eateries there at the Mont we're hitting iTunes on the way back from Enid tomorrow afternoon, evening in Okarchi. So absolutely red letter day on tap for the YMCA boys and girls as it were. Uh, but tell us a little bit about Indian Springs up in Tulsa and what you're getting yourself into tomorrow. That's
1: right. Yeah, looking forward to playing in the uh, TAPL. That's the uh, Tulsa Association of uh, Petroleum Landman's Tournament up at Indian Springs. Our, our good friend, uh, David Jones, right? So that uh, we you interviewed, Soup Jones. Uh, what, uh, just over a week ago, I guess, out west uh, of all places at uh, Bowling Springs Golf Course in Woodward. Uh, you got a chance to talk to him about his Fulfilling his quest, right to play every single golf course in the state of Oklahoma, and so kudos to to him on that front. But I look forward to meeting and talking with him. I think he was at Top Golf Live down in Norman today. Uh, I think yeah. he, he threw a couple of tweets out there, and, and again, always well dressed, uh, Mr. Jones. Oh, that, that is absolutely. the case. So, but uh, look forward to meeting him uh, up there at Indian Springs Can tomorrow. Can you imagine uh,
0: David Jones as the Ryder Cup or Walker Cup captains? What ooh. those boys would be out there in
1: Peacock Galore, ooh. man. They, you'd not,
0: you would not miss them coming. That's for darn sure.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, but no, look forward to playing in that. Uh, interested to see what the weather's going to be like tomorrow, J Till. Obviously, it's May in Oklahoma. Seems like it's going to be a little cool. Uh, maybe, maybe cooler than what uh, we would prefer uh, mid-May. But uh, I, I, so long as we don't have the precip, that's all that matters, I guess, right? Get out there and play. We can uh, layer up if need be. And uh, and get it going tomorrow. But uh, yeah, Indian Springs. I've actually played up there before. Uh, I think oh, I played in the okay. tournament. Yeah, a couple a couple years ago, and maybe two or three now. It's all starting to blend together. But uh, uh, looking forward to uh, to getting back up there and uh, teeing it up with some of the boys in Tulsa.
0: Well, I will say what will be interesting is which course you play, because if folks remember from the pod, we posted uh, I guess our our weekly pod with David Jones. Uh, interviewing and uh, giving us a little bit of insight about his quest to play every golf course. He said that the 36 hole facility one right. eighteen with Bermuda grass greens, 118 with bent grass greens. So it'll be interesting. I assume you'll probably play the bent grass greens course based on, you know, the, uh, the havoc that the February storm, but I'm sure you'll report back.
1: Yep, absolutely. Well, now this is a you know charitable tournament as well, so I, they pack as many teams out there as possible. So that it all 36 holes, yeah. Yeah, shotguns start at <laughs> noon tomorrow, so uh, every hole might, uh, might have a team on it when it's all said and done, if I had to guess. So typically how those uh, uh, oil and gas uh, charitable tournaments go, but uh, looking forward to doing it regardless. Going to be uh, amongst a uh, good company up there as well, so some of our uh, guys and gals from the Tulsa office will be joining us. So looking forward to getting up there tomorrow morning and teeing it up and uh, having a good time.
0: Yeah, should be fun. Monday of charitable golf, the best kind. Yeah.
1: Now, again, looking ahead j Till, we we have to talk a little bit about the uh, NCAA regionals, right? So that oh, yeah. that we were kind of in between pods whenever some of that stuff was getting uh, announced and in uh, posted last week, but uh, to no one's surprise, OU and Oklahoma State both get one seeds, right? So no no shocker there, right? Oklahoma State getting a home game. They're going to play it at Karsten uh, next week, and then OU heading a little further west out to Albuquerque at the uh, University of New Mexico's uh, championship course to be hosted there. But uh, uh, both teams seem to be poised to make it through to the championships out in the, out at Greyhawk and Scottsdale, right?
0: They uh, absolutely are. would be a, a shocker if they were not to qualify – For the uh, NCAA championship out at Greyhawk Golf Club, uh, we have six regional uh, sites and uh, the top, I believe, uh, five uh, teams uh, from each of those regionals will advance to the NCAA championship. So you're talking about 30 teams advancing out to Arizona. On top of that, any low individual scores that are not on one of those qualifying teams also get to make the trip. Out to Greyhawk uh, to compete as an individual, uh, should they not be on a team that makes it. But yes, OU, number one seed overall, actually, in the tournament out in Albuquerque uh, at the University of New Mexico golf course. If I remember right, our man Greg Robertson really gave some dap to the uh, the Lobos home track there out in Albuquerque. Uh, So it'll be interesting. Unfortunately, we'll be able to see that. Any of that on TV, unless our folks at Sooner Sports get themselves out uh, I-40 and provide a little bit of coverage would be great. it would be nice. But maybe following that one on golf stat only. And then, yeah, you mentioned the Cowboys, uh, also a number one seed in their region, happen to be playing that at a very comfortable locale there at Karsten in Stillwater, the number four overall seed in the uh, NCAA tournament. So, it should be a fun week of golf that weekend, week, excuse me, of the 17th, 18th, and 19th. Gonna try to get ourselves up to Stillwater, at least to take in a few hours of golf uh, on one of the days uh, to get on site. Always fun walking around Karsten. Um, But, man, it is going to be a really fun back half of May with all things uh, golf. We haven't even talked about the ladies. Sooner ladies actually tee off tomorrow tomorrow morning. morning. Yeah. Uh, in Columbus, Ohio, um, the Scarlet course, uh, Jack Nicholas, uh, actually, old Perry Maxwell, redone by J- Jack Nicholas uh, of recent years. He's an OSU man himself, uh, the wrong one. Uh, and then uh, the Lady Cowgirls um, are out in California, eh? uh, the Stanford Golf Course at the Stanford Regional. Wake Forest, actually, the top seed there, OSU, the number two seed a uh, really cool golf course out at Stanford actually featured on a no laying up tourist sauce episode for those lady cowgirl fans. Uh, I don't know. I keep saying lady cowgirl. That's very redundant. The cowgirls out at Stanford. You can check that out and get a little preview of the course. If you want to tune into that YouTube video, uh, don't, I think I mentioned that uh, at the Columbus regional Duke is actually the the top seed there. So OU has their work cut out for them as the ninth seed. Again, just like the guys top five from each regional will make it through and uh, be interesting to see if both uh, while the men are absolute locks to get through to Arizona, if the uh, ladies squads can join them. Out uh, in the desert.
1: Yep, that's right. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State uh, women act, actually have a good history out there at that course in Stanford, right? So I know they threw out some tweets and was kind of walking through some of their past successes out there. So uh, obviously none of the, the ladies that are on the team right now have probably ever played out there. But uh, from a historical standpoint, the uh, OSU women have had some good success out there in the past. So hopefully that'll be a good omen. Uh, for a uh, Coach Robertson squad out there uh, in Palo Alto in Stanford. Again, just to round up the one seeds on the uh, the men's side as well, JTL, obviously we mentioned OU and Oklahoma State. Texas gets a one seed as well. They'll be in Indiana of all places, uh, Noblesville, Indiana. They're the top seed there. Uh, you head down to Florida State, right? We mentioned John Pack, right? So probably the top player for Florida State. They get a one seed, uh, kind of a home game for them as well at Seminole Legacy Golf Club in Tallahassee. Uh, And then you go down to Clemson out of the ACC as well. Uh, They are the top seed at the Golf Club of Tennessee in Kingston Springs, Tennessee, uh, hosted by Vanderbilt there. Uh, We mentioned Oklahoma in Albuquerque. And then the last one seed would be Wake Forest at Tumble Creek Golf and Country Club in Washington. So they're headed out west. Uh, Pepperdine, the two seed there. So maybe keep an eye out uh, for the waves there. Uh, Pepperdine obviously we, we John Malwart we talked about him on the Walker Cup uh, played today as well so uh, Pepperdine pretty pretty good team no doubt about it
0: absolutely should be fun to watch or at least watch uh, the website tell us what is happening with both the ladies uh, and the guys in their regional sites we have been Anxiously looking forward to NCAA season for many months now. As we've been following college golf, I feel like we've gotten to know a lot of these folks and are uh, rooting hard for them.
1: That's right. Well, well, J. Till, coming up this weekend, you mentioned it, right? The Byron Nelson, somewhat close, right? So uh, just down the uh, I-35. So, Probably our
0: closest uh, yeah. PGA Tour event, really. Yep. I mean, I mean in, a, in a normal year, obviously, we we're going to have PGA up, at, uh, up in Tulsa here, here shortly. But, yeah, excited to, uh, to get the Byron Nelson kicked off. I'm not seeing... Odds as of yet? Still early been- on a
1: Sunday night. And I guess we should say we are recording this on Sunday evening, right? A little earlier than what we normally do. We normally wait until Monday evenings after work to record. But uh, obviously, uh, you're going to be playing golf tomorrow at uh, your charitable event that you've mentioned. Uh, and I'm going to so be yeah, playing. Was, golf. I'm be eating
0: fried chicken. That's man. right. Well, I can't be talking about podcasts yeah. when I got fried chicken on the brain. That's, that's right. 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 You're, you're going
1: to be eating Ishin's at the normal recording time. And then I'll be probably finishing up at <laughs> Indian Springs up in Tulsa if I had to guess about that time. So we're recording this a little earlier here on a Mother's Day Sunday night. but So I, I won't make you make our normal picks, JT given that the odds have not posted yet. Having said that, we'll put that up on the website later this week, You know, probably tomorrow evening, tomorrow afternoon, once the uh, odds do post, and uh, we'll throw our picks in there per the usual. Again, you, you had a pretty good week, right? So you kind of went with an all-Bedlam theme, uh, and obviously our boys uh, Abe Answer, and Vic Hovland kind of came through and made you look good. Uh, from a pick <laughs> standpoint, so uh, you didn't do too shabby there. So I will throw it to you to maybe give us a couple of names, if you will, from the Byron Nelson that, you know, get no odds attached to this, but uh, who do you think is going to have a good weekend uh, down there in, I think it's in McKinney now, right? So is where It is in McKinney. So now.
0: it went uh, two years uh, at Trinity Forest, a very unique golf course, at least for Dallas. Um PGA tour pros didn't like it. And so they lobbied to get it moved and it landed at TPC Craig ranch, uh, not familiar at all with that golf course. So it will be interesting to see uh, how it plays out. Probably a, only a few years there before it will probably find a home at the new uh, PGA of America Frisco golf course. That's being constructed by Gil Hance, but uh, I would say, you know, Jordan Spieth is definitely going to be in the field of this tournament. I would see he's definitely somebody to watch after having a great uh, late winter and early spring uh, breaking through. Uh, I believe he's taking about a four week break, so it could be a little bit of rust. So maybe not picking him to win, uh, but uh, our man DJ is in the field, and man, is he do. I'm going to say DJ comes out and uh, reasserts himself, maybe gets a little motivation from seeing Rory get it done down at Quail Hollow. I'm going to go out on a very firm limb and pick the number one golfer in the world. How about that? <laughs> yeah, Odds
1: you? odds haven't posted yet, but there's a good chance that DJ will be top of those odds, if not uh, in the, the uh, top three for sure. Uh, well, another guy that's in the field, J. Till, that you might be intrigued by, Brooks Kepka. He is currently in the that. field. So, now, I mean, hope, hopefully he's he's you know injury-free right now. We want to see him healthy out there. Uh, but your thoughts on potential of Brooks maybe making a run this weekend?
0: Well, I think it would be good to just see him come back and be healthy. He was uh, teeing it up at Augusta under uh, tough conditions physically. Uh, it would be good to see if he's gotten, you know, that four or five weeks of rehab and comes and just kind of shows regardless of how he performs, perhaps just uh, four days stress-free, injury-free, but you kind of go down the list, uh, at least that I'm looking at. Uh, Yeah. DJ Brooks, uh, Bryson, as we mentioned, not having to uh, worry about missing the cut and making a Saturday morning tee time. He will be teeing it up. John Rahm's there. Uh, Our boy Willie Z will be teeing it up. Uh, I believe he got to play out at um, Wells Fargo and missed the cut for his first missed cut, I think since January, since the start of the new calendar year. So it'd be fun to see him back out there. He should get some run. Uh, so really quality field. So I guess TPC Craig Ranch um, must be doing it for the fellas because it's a fairly strong field relative to what the uh, the Byron has had in the last several years. I will also note Strafasi and Colehammer and Pearson Cootie all three teeing it up, coming straight back from the Walker Cup, teeing it up as amateurs.
1: Yeah, good stuff there. And again, Texas ties there, right? So that uh, mm-hmm. would be to uh, would would be expected, I should say. Uh, you kind of mentioned a lot of those guys would be teeing it up with uh, sponsor exemptions in tournaments over the summer. Uh, big John Rom in the field as well, JTL. So if you're going to make me pick a winner right now, odds unseen. Uh, I'll go with the big Spaniard there. Again, they made the big deal about him being a new daddy, right? So, uh, you know, maybe maybe, you fancy
0: yourself a little DJ versus ROM straight up, uh, uh, you know, wager, you know, just find that that game out there. A cold beverage or something. Yeah, Yeah. I I like that. We'll talk offline. We'll talk offline.
1: I like that. So, uh, well, JTL, again, we're up over the hour mark here. You know, it's been an eventful weekend. Yeah, right. both, both from a television viewing standpoint with the Walker Cup and the Wells Fargo, but then also uh, uh, personally as well, right? Playing top golf down in Norman, uh, having one too many swirls at the Mont afterwards and didn't stuff. didn't even so. mention
0: my seven hole round with my lovely wife, Sarah, right. on Friday, yeah. uh, kind of a lunch date. Yeah, a little bit breezy out there. But yeah, the Fairway Files has been has been stacked so yeah a little little little, it's that time of the year
1: yeah that time of the year that time of the year but plugs my friend so again you were super active on twitter uh today which was enjoyable i I know i I was following it and you had i (laughs) I only one, yeah throw throw a couple of uh uh, replies and uh, retweets out there for you my friend but uh throw throw them out there bud so how can our listeners kind of get at you for yso golf
0: yeah, at YSO Golf on Twitter again at YSO. So that stands for you're still out. At YSO Golf on Twitter is where I am certainly on a weekend like we are coming off of was fired up to get my thoughts out there on Twitter. Jonathan W Teal on Instagram. I've gotten a lot of love here over the past four or five weeks on some uh, some quality photography we're throwing up there, trying to keep that golf centric. And so uh, happy to engage with folks on social media, and I know we'll be doing a lot of that in the coming weeks in the run-up to the PGA Championship out at Kiowa here uh, just a couple of weeks away. Yeah, a couple of weeks away. That's right. That's right.
1: Now, and I, I think it's okay for me to announce this, JT, is that you and I have been working a lot behind the scenes. We've been getting a lot of requests from the listeners and friends of the pod about SWAG. Right, mm, and I think mm-hmm. we we've, we've narrowed the scope of things down okay. to the point we to where so we're getting ready to slap the logo on some stuff. We're trying to be very selective, right? We want to partner with the right apparel providers and and make sure that whatever we put out there for the YSO listenership is going to be something that they're going to be proud of wearing, uh, you know, showing off, whatever we want to call it, right? So, but we are we're close. I think it's fair to say, right?
0: It is very fair to say the listeners have high standards, and we're trying to meet those standards in everything we do. But certainly, in the things that we uh, are wanting folks to sport out in their uh, spring and summer rounds as golf season is absolutely, I would say, now at a fever pitch, and we look for it to be so uh, for the remainder. Of the summer months. I mean, PGA Championship coming up. We have the Senior PGA Championship at Southern Hills. We're going to go into the Women's U.S. Open. We're going to have Father's Day in the U.S. Open. It just, the hits keep on coming, buddy. And I'm excited. And I will say, feel confident that on next week's episode, we'll be able to announce, if not before then, uh, an event that we will be hosting uh, the first part of June to get as many out to have some fun in person with us uh, on the links. More to come there.
1: Yeah, looking forward to that my friend. So, well I think we'll wrap it up here J Till. And so uh, again, I appreciate you being flexible on the schedule. Obviously uh, on a, you know, a late on a Sunday night while we're recording this, but uh, we'll get it cleaned up and get it posted, but uh, I think that will wrap it up and uh, to keep up with everything that we're doing. Over at the Sports Pros Network, ladies and gentlemen, you'll check it out, check us out on the web, right? Fantasysportspros.com or follow us on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember that is pros with an e, P-R-O-S-E. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, get out there and enjoy the walk. Bye.